You are listening to the Legal Community Podcast, hosted by Guy Remond and Dave Zampano, powered by Guider. Guider provides self-service online legal documents supported by your local attorney. Fast, affordable, and in your own time. For more information and resources, please visit guider.legal and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legal Community Podcast. I'm Lisa Rozier, and I'm joined with Guy Raymond and Dave Zampano today. Topic of discussion is understanding the digital consumer. And gentlemen, I got to thinking about this concept when just in talking with a lot of people that are getting into a digital platform and digitizing their businesses, and they really are struggling with understanding the other side of the equation, which is the consumer. And I think everyone that's listening to this podcast is a consumer of some sort. So I wanted to talk about setting expectations in the digital world, just overall as a business owner. And then we can dig a little bit deep into the legal community. Shall I kick this one off? Hello, Lisa. Hi, Dave. Hi, Guy. Hi, Guy. I say, why go for it? You're the tech guy. (laughs) The geek. (laughs) Okay. So the digital world is different from providing services as you would do, you know, as you have done over the last, I don't know probably decades. And it requires slightly different thinking. And whenever a sector moves to into a digital era, if you like, then it takes some getting used to. And I'll give you one very quick example. I've used this before, but so I'm sorry if you've heard it, but Uber Uber is a great example. So right. the consumer really likes Uber because it tells them who the driver is, when the driver is going to arrive, where they are up to at the moment, how much roughly it's going to cost. It's massively convenient and it's on your phone. So you can be sat in your house or sat in the shop. Uh, If it's raining outside, you can see when they're arriving because you get a notification on your phone or you can just watch your phone and see them arrive and go outside. You know, the consumers love that and it it saves them money. It's more convenient. It's just much more friendly experience because let's face it, taxi driving probably hasn't changed since the, the days of the horse and car, you know, in reality, you know, you, you arrange for a car to arrive at a particular time, you jump in and they tell you how much it's going to cost you when you get there. And that's not changed for, for decades. And all of a sudden they've got this great new service and the taxi industry really struggle with it. I really struggle with it because they- Water, tooth and nail. Well, and, and that was it, Dave. You see, they, they thought by fighting it and trying to get it banned that that would end the problem. But the reality is that customers' requirements will always win in the end. You could probably get some short-term relief from, from getting them banned, and it happened in a few states. But it didn't happen for long. It happened in London for a short period for a few weeks, and then they solved the problem, and, and they were back again. What's happened now is that there are now the, the London taxi cabs have, have got their own app. And the local taxi firms have got their own app and they're now competing with Uber and Lyft and the other more generic international taxi organizations. Or the drivers have just simply gone and joined those other companies. That's the other thing that's happened, of course. My point with this is that digital will change industries and does change industries. And the people that are going to gain out of this are the ones that realize that the change is coming and they understand what the consumer wants and they compete at a consumer level, not trying to get the company banned or burying the head in the sand or complaining like fury to no effect. 
they're the ones that you know the 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 ones that succeed will compete on a level playing field and make the most of what is a new opportunity. And I want to add, I, I think what Lisa started and where you went, Guy, needs the third leg to the stool there, which is how does that affect us, right? So this is the Legal Community Podcast. Generally, we're talking to people in that legal space. What I have found in working with lawyers as they've started to adapt these digital platforms, what they're trying to do, and this is really critically important, they're trying to make the digital platforms fit their practice. Yes. It doesn't work that way, right? No. And that, that's where their challenge is. They're trying to say, well, here's an example, Guy, you and I were talking on a, on a call we were on a while ago. I need to be able to modify the template. I want the will to say this versus that. Well, no, the people that go online for quick, easy, and cheap don't get those options. They don't get the options. And that's what you were saying, Lisa, earlier. I think you were talking about maybe there's all these digital technologies. It doesn't mean that those digital technologies conform to your business. It's your business needs to conform to the digital technologies. So if I go back to your example, Guy, about Uber, look, if you want to get picked up in a yellow Uber, it's not going to happen. That's just not what Uber is, right? And so if that bothers you as a company that maybe employs drivers, change your cars to a different color, join Uber themselves. But you have to change your model to fit the digital model. The digital model is not designed to fit your model. It's designed to support you. And the word I'm going to use is delegate for you to be able to delegate parts of your business out to technology. Lisa? No, I want to applaud those specifically because this is a legal community podcast. The, The attorneys out there that are looking forward to digitizing their law firm and bringing in technology into it, even the the basics that I always say is the fundamentals is having a functioning, good user experience website, having your website work for you. And, you know, there's so many steps of incorporating a digitized product into your law firm. But to take a step back, I think it's also important that you understand the consumer behavior that is going to be using that digital product. It's not your traditional people that are coming into your law from nine to five, if that's the structure of your firm. These are people that are doing their research on the internet. They're looking for instant gratification to get their needs met. Typically it's done off hours. You know, For those of you that are savvy with your website, look at your Google Analytics. It's telling you what the people are doing on your site and when they're researching you. Now, there's a lot of things that us as business professionals, entrepreneurs have to take a step back and understand what's going, what's our consumer's mindset and understand when they come and use their product, they're already in a certain mindset where they want that quick, quick instant gratification. And they're not necessarily looking for that. Like you said, Dave, customizing that template. If you look at the what customers expect now, and, and don't forget, you know, this might be the younger end of the market at this point in time, but as we've seen with other technologies in the past, you know that younger end of the market, that the old, the the you know older people begin to pick up on this and they begin to like it, and it then it, it transcends age at certain points. You know, you might get maybe some eight year olds who are saying, "Well, I'm never going to use the internet," you know, and but that actually there's few and far between. Most people of eighty plus I know actually really quite enjoy you know the doing the what do they call them the silver surface. Um, me and you, Dave, could come into that with the colour of our hair, you know. <laughs> we talked but, about colour of our hair in a previous time. Yeah. 
Wisdom. So my, I guess my point is here that, you know, I think Lisa's hitting a really good point here that it's it's consumers that are driving this. What are consumers' expectations nowadays? Well, consumers want to do things when they want to do things. Mm-hmm. They don't want to conform to nine to five. You know, if they want to do it of an evening because it's more convenient, they can. If they wake up in the middle of the night and want to solve a problem, they can. You know, if they're working night shifts and they sleep during the day, they can do these things at night. It's fine. You know, people want to be able to do stuff whenever they want to be able to do stuff. They will do the research online, a lot of people now, even the ones that go into physical, you know, like car dealerships, a good example. You know, people do research online. They look at the kind of cars that they narrow the choice down. Uh, Holidays, same thing, narrow the choice down. Then they might go to a travel agent or a car dealership to to seal a deal and just get that personal touch there. But increasingly, people are not even doing that. You know, the I don't know what it's like in the US, but there's a whole bunch of new dealerships appearing online where people don't even test drive the car nowadays because they know they can do the research online. They go to Autocar, they get the reviews. They know it's a great car. They know this already. They know the traits of the car. And all they've got to do is go online and have it delivered to their house. And I think the same applies to legal services, any services, quite frankly. People want to be able to sit on the sofa, get the phone out, get their iPad out, whatever it is, do the research and purchase that service online without having to go to the trouble of going into a law firm or going into a car dealership. It's changing. The world's changing. Yeah. Another thing, a word that you said, Guy, that I think is interesting is reviews. So again, taking a step back from an entrepreneur, business owner perspective, a lawyer, attorney's perspective of getting their their firm ready to digitize, there are some fundamentals that need to be put into place. And testimonials and, and product reviews on the Google platform are something that are a great stepping stone also that supports the digital experience with your law firm. Let me go back to mindset here. This is critically important because I dealt with it last week with a lawyer and it's raw. It's right in front of me. And I think there's a lot of lawyers listening today that this is going to resonate with and they're going to get very uncomfortable. Let me tell you what they're going to get uncomfortable with. I was having a conversation with an attorney who had recently adopted our the digital platform, the guided digital platform. And they were saying, Dave, why in the world, when it came down to a digital a digital trust that they can buy on the platform versus coming into the office. The in-office price of doing this particular trust document was about $3,500 to $4,000. And they said, are you going to allow that on the app? And, and the theory was the, the recommended price was $995. They go, why in the world would I ever do that? Why would I ever, ever make my trust that I get three to $4,000 for, why would I ever put that online for $9.95? And my answer was, because they were already there for $4.95 and $5.95 and $6.95. And the question is, who are these people going to? And, and the answer is, the people that are going to these platforms are not the people that are going to come into your office for those documents that are three and $4,000. Because in reality, those three and $4,000 documents are more sophisticated. They're more customized. They're more developed to that individual because you've met with them. You've talked to them. You've understood their needs. You've understood their family at a different level than somebody just answering a bunch of questions online. And so what I shared with them is instead of thinking about converting your $4,000 fee down to $1,000, think about all the people that are coming to your site that might pay $9.95 that will never even call your office. 
I think there's a much more exponential number of those people. And what's my proof? My proof is the self-help websites, the main one, the, the leading one is promoting that they're about to hit their 5 millionth customer. Those are 5 million people that have said no to a law firm. Lawyers, listen to this. I keep saying it. You want to make the technology fit you. I'm saying no. Listen to the people. Lisa, you're saying the people want what they want. Guy, they want it when they want it, when they want it, how they want it. The best statement I've ever heard. I heard a guy say recently, I think it was Scott Blanford. He said, people don't want to talk to you until they want to talk to you. I think that's the most powerful statement in the world. They don't want to talk to you until they want to talk to you. They want to be able to go do it all and say, oh my gosh, what's powerful is, okay, this is a lawyer. This isn't a self-help website. And I think people do recognize that that's worth a premium, but it doesn't mean you can't offer them the simplified services that the self-help sites do. But you can't do your services, your customized services in the self-help platforms. It's inconsistent. It's use those platforms for that group and then use it as a tool to upgrade them into more advanced products that are identified through a series of questions that can be asked in the platform. That's the mindset shift that has to happen. Not that you're taking a $4,000 plan and making it a thousand because those aren't the same plans, but you're taking what they're already getting on the internet, maybe for five or six or 700, you're saying, look, I'm a lawyer, I'll give it to you for 995, but I'll also review this and share if there's other things you need that you're not considering. That, and that's really what I think. And Dave, to your point, the loyals will be there as their wealth increases, their financial complexity increases, and their family increases. And you know, then the online systems may not cater for that kind of complexity and that kind of personalization. So they are, they're building their client base. That's the way to look at it. So I think you're absolutely right in what you said, everything there. Yeah. And I just want to add also that, and again, this isn't from a consumer's perspective or understanding the consumer. It's more from an internal operations standpoint. Just because you're bringing a digitized product into your firm doesn't mean that, okay, it's DIY. It's going to be digitized. There's nothing I have to do with it. It's just we're going to let technology do it from start to finish. And although that is absolutely the goal of having digitized products in a law firm, there are still some elements of customer service that you're going to have to implement into your process. And one thing that I just touched upon about, okay, they come in through a digitized product specific from a law firm. Maybe they're paying a lesser price, but they are now, you now have the opportunity to nurture them grow with them, they're sticky to you. The relationship. The relationship. You give them the the value prop of making the right choice by coming to your law firm, even if it was through a digitized product. The example I'm going to give that I think most people who have used the internet will understand because if you've got Google Mail or you've got, you know, any of these products that actually the first level is for free. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to use the product and like the product. And then the really enticing features you've got to pay a premium for. And you go, well, I really like this product. I want that feature. I can't have that feature. It's not the free version. I'll upgrade. And I think, you know, if you look at it like that, you know, what you're trying to do as a lawyer is you're trying to build your customer base for now and for the future. So you're offering these digitized services and actually you're offering them cheaper than you would do for the in-person 
that it doesn't take as much time. You don't need as many people in your business. And there are genuine efficiencies from doing this type of thing. But while you're making these efficiencies and these savings and you're charging a little bit less, but you're also nurturing a new client base for, for future operations. So that has tremendous value. And that's the way the world's going. And get today's point, you know, the law firms that are going to be successful have to change that are the ones that, that have already probably and will pretty quickly have to change the existing mindset to understand the new world and how it's going to operate. But in that new world, there is an abundance of opportunity. And, and that's the key thing to remember here. You'll get ahead of your competition. You're going to be playing in a marketplace with less lawyers. You know, the, the sooner you make the move and you, you change the mindset and you, you change your firm in the way that operates and don't try to check, you know, don't expect it to work in the same way as it has done for the last 30 years, then the future's as big as you want to make it. You know, Guy, I think it's true. You and I have been at this now, we, I think February 1st, we hit our two-year mark where we started our whole conversation, not our conversation, we actually that, started developing. Is that our anniversary, Dave? Yeah, see that? So <laughs> I'll send you a card. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting together soon for the second time. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of cool. But here's what I would say. Another mindset shift I saw recently is the lawyers. Well, how can we do this? I said, well, look, it's not taking you anything. It's all happening without you there. It's not requiring your support staff. It's just happening online, digitally. You don't, I mean, think of what that does to your office space, the number of people on staff that you need. So it doesn't mean you start firing people. It means that you can hire a much, you can handle a much greater volume because you don't have to grow internally in the office space. You can start growing externally on the cloud. And that's where I think this greatest opportunity is for growth in law firms is not to increase your physical footprint, but to increase your worldly footprint in the world of the cloud. And, and what we're finding is, what I wasn't expecting when we started this process two years ago, Guy, is that the product, which is a lawyer product, is actually turning out to become a great marketing and operational efficiency to an existing law firm. It's really doing a lot of your marketing for you because in them going to the self-help part of your website, they're learning about you, they're learning about how you work, they're, and it's really streamlining down everything you're already doing. So. I have found it really increasing efficiencies and increasing our ability to expand our services, expand our service of the number of people without having to expand our physical space. Just to wrap up from my side, you know, the key thing I think lawyers have got to do if they haven't done already is to start thinking of things from the client's point of view. What are the client's expectations? The yeah. client's expectations are very different to what they have been previously. And that is only more and more people are going to be thinking like that. So you need to have a look at how you operate your law practice and change your law practice to operate in a way that maximizes the opportunity that's out there. And Guy, I want to highlight one thing you just said. These lawyers, every one of you, think about how you use the internet for non-legal services because yeah. you're the consumer. Put yourself in that place. What do you want of those websites you're going to? What are you demanding from them? Do you want to have to be forced to go in their offices and meet with them? No. Then why would you expect that of your clients? And I think that's the key thing. Remember, you are one of these consumers. You're doing it every day. But you tie that now to how you could be on the other side of that and say, how do I give what I want when I'm on the internet to the clients who want access to me? 
Absolutely. And I think those are all great comments. And just to wrap it up, another just quick reference, we have done a podcast previously on user experience and user interface. So if you're listening to this podcast, and you're getting all energized, and you heard what Dave just said about, you know, take yourself out of your everyday role as the attorney and put yourself in the shoes of a consumer. It's user experience, user interface, and that's what you want for your law firm. So reference back to that podcast. There was a lot of great information in that as well. And as always, you're listening to the Legal Community Podcast with Guy and Dave, and I'm Lisa. And you can always see all of the podcast episodes at guider.legal. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Legal Community Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at guider.legal for more information and please review and share this show. We'll see you next time.